Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. Happy New Year! It's good to see you guys here. Guess what? Guess what? Because you showed up today, you've got perfect attendance in 2023 for church. Is that cool or what? So glad you guys are here. Thank you for coming out to Freedom Church. Those of you that's watching online, those of you that are in person here, I'm excited about 2023. How about, how many of you are excited about it, right? Because the thing about it is we get a clean slate. You get a do-over. You know, it's all back in the past. We move forward into the future. So I've got a question Today I'm going to talk about the vision of Freedom Church 2023, Uh, but as we think about just coming out of yesterday 2022, today's 2023, how many of you here, you make resolutions? Anybody make resolutions? Anybody do that? I don't think anybody did. Maybe a couple people, you know. Uh, I made a resolution that I'm going to make Shanda the happiest woman in 2023. You know what her resolution is? She's gone, her resolutions ensure that I keep mine. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We, she nor myself make resolutions. We, I set goals because most resolutions are broken by the time we get to uh, the end of January, you know. And so whether you set goals or you do resolutions, here's what I want to tell you to do. With God's help, I want to challenge you to aspire to be your very, very best Because God wants you to live your best life now. He wants you to live your best life now in your relationship with him, with a relationship with your spouse, with your kids, to be able to have your best life now with your career, your health, all those kind of things. Because here's a question that I want you to endeavor on. What are you going to accomplish personally, professionally, but most of all spiritually? What are you going to accomplish personally, professionally, or most of all spiritually? Because I want you to think upon that. And what I mean by that is because even our very lives, God has a vision for our life. And I hope that you have a vision for your life. Because really, life's a journey and there's a multifaceted uh, vision for our lives when it comes to God, it comes to family, it comes to our church, our career, our hobbies, and all those kind of things. So today, I want you to be able to go from vision to reality, especially when it comes to our church family. Now, when you think about a vision, a vision is a sneak preview of what the future is going to look like. In other words, what's it going to look like down the road? You see what I'm saying? And so when we think about the different arenas of our life, that's important, especially for God's church. When it comes to Freedom Church here and, and, and going from vision to reality, I want you to know that Freedom Church started from a vision from God. But when it started was the fact that I gave my life to Christ as a little boy, and then I got out of the world. I ended up in jail at 18. God changed my life through prayer, and I, God turned a dope dealer into a hope dealer. But then when God called me in the ministry to preach the gospel on the first Sunday of August 1997, then I started going to school after the calling. And I read a book in a class called The Purpose Driven Church by Dr. Rick Warren. Well, Shannon and I read it together, as a matter of fact, and so then God put it on my, our hearts to start a church unlike we had never been a part of. And as we looked at starting Freedom Church, we wanted to reach people who didn't want anything to do with church. We wanted to reach people who would you say that's unchurched, the lost, the broken, those kind of people, people that may have had a bad experience in church. 
And so we named it, I, after prayer, I named it Freedom Church because I grew up in a, in, a, in a Baptist atmosphere, general Baptist atmosphere to where that, you know, if you got too happy and you raised your hand too high, you kind of get them stoic looks from people. They thought she's about to go Pentecostal on them, you know, and they didn't necessarily like that kind of stuff, you know, and uh, if you ever broke out and spoke in tongues, you would be escorted out of the church, just being honest. You know, and so I'm talking about everything's to be done decent in order. But my point is, after experiencing some of the things I did growing up, I want people to worship God as God calls them to worship God. If you want to raise your hand and raise your hands up here, you know, it's kind of like uh, Tim Hawkins does goalposts. Just act like it's goalposts and worship God, you know, or whatever. Act like you're carrying a TV or whatever, you know, like this. However you're going to worship God, whether you raise your hands or you stand there quietly and maybe you weep a little bit. Freedom to worship God as God calls you to worship God. 2 Corinthians 3 and 17 says the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So that's very important. But today, when you think about a vision, you look at the King James Version in Proverbs 29, verse 18. Look what it says here. It says that, when, it says that where there is no vision, the people perish. It's got to be a vision. But with that, I love how the New Living Translate, Translation puts it. It says, when people do not accept divine guidance... They run wild. How many of you would agree with me? There's a lot of people, not just in our area, but across our nation that are not accepting divine guidance. They are running wild, literally. So we've got to to get our focus together as a church because focus is so important to be able to share the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because without a vision, you lack direction. And without direction, there's no goals. And where there's no goals... You aim at that, you're certain to hit nothing, right? So today, when you think about our mission at Freedom Church, Freedom Church exists to reach people to know God. That's what it's been from the very start of our church because we wanted to start a church that no matter who you are, where you come from, what your name is, what your past is, what you've done, whether you know what kind of clothes you wear, just wear clothes. If you're not wearing clothes, we'll let you know. But anyway, uh, we want you to be able to come and discover the love of your soul and the purpose he has for your life. So God put this vision on Shannon and I's heart in the spring of 2000. And after praying for a couple of years and a year of planning and casting vision and reaching out to people, 32 adults, including us, launched Freedom Church on March 3rd, 2002. And this is the first group of people in this picture here that was a part of the church. Here, there's some people in that picture there that's went to be with the Lord. So that's how this church started. But we didn't want to stop there with a great, great thing of having 159 people on the first Sunday from the very start of the church. Freedom Church wanted to be a place where that lost people could come and they felt love and they felt like that they belonged. And we purchased 15 acres here that we're on now in 2004. And then we've had three building phases since then. And I want to say thank you to all of you and the ones and the heroes that were so generous. I want to say thank you to you that's given that we get to enjoy the facilities and what God has blessed us with. Would you give those people a hand? We're very appreciative of you. Now, we have appealing settings, and that's great. Nice campus, thank God for that. And we've always wanted to have engaging communication of the Word of God to where that people understand it and they can draw something from it, whether it's the adults or whether it's the students or whether it's the kids. And also, we wanted to be able to have it to where it's, it's helpful content, not just information, but something to the Word of God that brings transformation. But here's the challenge. Look at the person next to you and say, here's the challenge. We started this church almost 23, uh, almost, let's see here, let me see, 
21 years ago. I'll do my math here. And um, when we did, we would send out mail-outs. You know, we've always done those sermon series that were heartfelt things that people are going through and trigger points for people in their lives. Or, or we've dropped eggs out of helicopters. We even, we've had animals to pet. We do all these different things, and people would come out, and they still do to some extent. But listen to me. Society doesn't see the church as the premier place for answers as it once did. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? Our world changed, especially since the Internet started. People want to go to the Internet, and they get information. Yes, they get information, but understand, getting information from the Internet doesn't always equal to transformation of someone's life. So that's what people do today. In other facets of life, they go to the Internet instead of going somewhere else. They don't go to the mechanic, they go to YouTube. You follow what I'm saying? Say yes. But then, in March of 2020, we hit a worldwide pandemic. Our church shut down in-person services for three months. And then we started back. And it's really been hard on the churches across this nation, even across the world. Let me ask you this question. How many of you have heard of long COVID? Raise your hand if you've heard of long COVID. A lot of you have. Some of you may be experiencing the symptoms of that, those underlying symptoms that continues to go on, where that you've had COVID. My wife and I had COVID twice. We were talking the other day, and it was a good insight that my wife and I were talking about. There's a, such a thing going on now called spiritual long COVID. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? Barna's research in almost three years has arrived to this. One in three people that were a part of the local church have not come back to the church yet. One in three. So, with that being said, what do we do with that? I mean, I want us to have a vision for our church that started a long time ago to where that only together you and I can be able to bring God glory by going after people in the world that need Jesus Christ. So, we want to give God glory for, and celebrate up to this point what He's done. And as we celebrate up to this point, since the start of Freedom Church, 2,203 people have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and 1,525 people have been baptized through the ministry of Freedom Church. Let's give God praise for that. Is God finished yet? Absolutely not. What's sad, I would say the lion's share of churches in the modern day era that we're in have drifted from their mission. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? They have drifted from their mission. Success now is determined by the three B's. You say, what is that? Bodies, buildings, and bucks. What I mean by that is a lot of people, the first thing they want to go to if you ask about somebody else's church, oh, our church has got this much attendance. Or our church has got this many buildings. We got this building over here and this here. Or by our, man, we got this budget now. You wouldn't believe how big our budget is. Did I say anything about somebody's life being changed by talking about bodies, buildings, and bucks? All we were talking about is things that is symptomatic of what we can do to see ch change lives. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, when you go to the book of Acts, the book of Acts, they didn't talk a lot about bodies, people that come. I'm glad you're here. We have seats. We want to fill it up, man. And that is amazing. Those seats are comfortable because I watch you go to sleep quite a bit. You know, some of you, I mean, I'm serious. They are really comfortable. But here's my point. 
It isn't about what the attendance is because they didn't talk, Paul, Paul and, and Peter and Paul and, and, and John, they didn't talk about attendance. That wasn't their focus. They didn't talk about buildings because they didn't have a church building. All they did is went from house to house. And when it come to monies and what they did, pretty well what they take up, they give to the poor, to help the poor. Now, is bodies, buildings, and bucks important? Absolutely. I'm not saying that. But here's what the most important thing is about it. The church started at Pentecost there in Acts chapter 2 after praying like they did. And their focus, listen, their focus was to be bold in sharing the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Or they would not build the church that Jesus intended for them to be able to build. How many of you here have kids? Raise your hand. Yes, I raised three daughters, and I love them dearly. But man, it was a challenge getting them to do their part at home. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Challenge to get kids to do their part. And you know, the thing about it was, you try your best to get them to clean the room, help out, do dishes, these different things, and we'd lay all that out, but it was still a challenge. It's like you were trying to do your best to get them to do it. They always reverted back to not doing it. And then they'd invite their friends over, and the first place their friends go is to the refrigerator. What's in the refrigerator here? <laughs> so you couldn't even get the house ready for guests. Well, that's what's happening today. Because see, there's a consumerism mindset that's in all human beings. What's in it for me? So just like me trying to get my house ready and keep our house in order, and then if we have guests, make sure we're prepared for them to come over and to be able to love them. What's happening today, the cancer of consumerism has invaded the American church. How many of you here, under the sound of my voice, call Freedom Church your family? Just raise your hand real quickly, real, up and back down. Here's our focus. Our focus is that when you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you go from being a consumer to a contributor. You say, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Everyone here, under the sound of my voice, you have been strategically designed by God to help out in the family, be the hands and feet in our church and in our community. Now, let me say this. If you're not a Christian yet, you're here checking out the claims of the gospel, I'm not talking to you. You can lean out on this, check your Instagram or your Facebook page, see if anybody's clicked your post or whatever. But if you're a Christian and you call this place home, then we together are to be the contributors to make everything click so that when guests do come, they feel loved and valued. So that's why that our mission is to reach people to know God, but we have five high five A's. The first one is everyone reaching. Everyone say, everyone reaching. We believe in loving God through Jesus Christ and reaching others so they can find what we've already found. Basically, that's like one beggar telling another beggar where to find some bread. It's important to understand the great commandment. One day, they were, the Pharisees were trying to trip Jesus up, and they wanted to ask him what was the most important law in the law of Moses, and this is what he said. He said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. So basically what you're saying here is that you're loving God and you keep reaching up till you find Jesus Christ in your heart. You are born again. But then your mission needs to be in your heart that you're going to reach out to others to find what you've already found. So here's Jesus telling them the most important law. They're trying to trip him up. And he really gives them a new answer and said, you've got to love God and you've got to love your neighbor. But here's the problem with what was taking place in this conversation. 
For the Jews, the only neighbor they thought of as a fellow neighbor was a Jew. Jesus expanded it here, and he expanded the neighbor boundaries by sharing the story after this of the good Samaritan whom the Jews absolutely despised. See, Jesus' neighbor love had no ethnic or any kind of geographical limit. Neighbor love was evidence of God's love. And that's what it's to be for you and I. Loving one neighbor is the ultimate expression of one's love and devotion to Almighty God. Let me ask this question. How many of you here know someone who is in bondage of sin? They're not living for God at all. Raise your hand real quick. Think about that person for a moment. Some of them are your family. It's your friends. It's your coworkers. It's somebody that you think a lot of. We have to continue exercising the power of our relationship, not only reaching out to others, but also reaching up in our relationship to the point that we need the power of Almighty God that we can be like Peter and John to be bold in our faith and ask God, God, will you break the strongholds in these people's lives and ask you to go before us, God, to make a stronghold of sin that's in their life. So something we've been praying about for quite some time that we're going to be launching, listen closely, starting this Wednesday night from 6.30 to 8, right here in this auditorium, we're going to be starting a Wednesday night worship and prayer meeting. Now, that's going to be happening in this auditorium for two reasons, for worship and for prayer. We're going to be in here praying for people, with people, for other people. We're going to be praying for people that are broken and hurting. We're going to be praying for the lost people in your life, for those that are hurting and lonely and depressed, people that wants to throw in the towel, people that's got no hope. We're going to be praying for our church. We're going to be praying for other churches. We're going to be praying for people in our city here. We're going to be praying for our state. We're going to be praying for our nation. We're going to be praying and seeking the power of God. Why is that? Because we need to take a look at what it says there in Hebrews. Look what it says. It says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. It is amazing what will happen when God's people commit to praying. Just imagine you're talking to the God, the creator of the universe. You're talking to the one that gives you breath, the one that gives you life, the one that spoke your life into existence, the one who ordered your steps before you were ever born in your life. That's who we're talking to. And what's amazing about it, if you've got students, you can drop your students off over here and come here and be a part of this. We're going to pray and we're going to do whatever we can do to reach the broken in our city. It's amazing what happens when we get a focus on prayer. Then we go love the people out there in our community where they're at and being able to help guide them to the life that God has for them. It is an amazing opportunity to be able to do this when we love people and we allow them to discover they're a sinner rather than the church going out and accusing them of being a sinner. Few, few, few things ever happen in our life when it comes to joy as to when we get broken for lost people, finding them and bringing them to the Savior. So I want to ask you to invest in those people and to invite those people. When I mean by inviting those people, just when you leave today, we're going to give you five invite cards in my hand right here. I want to ask you to take very seriously that you don't come alone next week. That you bring one of them with you, even if it costs you a meal. And you say, hey, we're going to go somewhere. We're going to go this, we're going to go over here to church. Don't worry about it. We're going to, just going to be words on the screen. We're just going to sing karaoke. And, uh, and they're going to get under the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? Just imagine that you invite someone. But not only that, we need to be investing in people's lives. 
I remember one person that I invested in, it took me three years before he crossed the line of faith. Three years. Three years. People aren't just going to all of a sudden respond. But when you love on them and you treat them like they're somebody, you love on them because God created them. You don't look at them and look down on them. You lift them up and let them see the things that's going right in your life. And all of a sudden when they hit trouble, transition, or some kind of heartache that's going on, even though they might give you a tough time about being a Christian, you know who they're going to look to? They're going to come to you because you've loved them and you've let them know that you love them despite of whatever's going on in their life. It's going to be an amazing opportunity. But it's just, once again, it's more than just inviting somebody to church. Who's in your life right now? Because what we're doing, we're getting ready here in the locker room. That's game day when we go out there. I believe if you and I are truly convinced of the realities of a place called heaven and a place called hell, nobody would have to talk us into this whatsoever. I want you to think about this. Stop and think about whoever told you about Jesus Christ. Those of you that are Christians, think about that for a minute. Who invited you to church? I want us to be the church as to be able to treat people who are far from God as we would want to be treated if we were the ones that were really far from God. So my point is, and I want to just challenge you in this for 2023, each one reach one. Each one, reach one. When we do that, imagine the kingdom of Almighty God has just doubled. Just doing our part in our corner of the field. The kingdom of God has just doubled. So that's everyone reaching. How about everyone growing? Man, we need to be growing more than we've ever grown before when it comes to our faith in Jesus Christ. We believe in learning to become like Jesus. That's what it says in Matthew 28 and 20. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. See, God's plan from the very beginning was to make you and me like himself. Not becoming a God, but becoming godly. And to be able to develop his character, to be able to think the way God thinks, to be able to feel how God would want us to feel, to be able to adhere to his values. God wants us to be like his son, Jesus Christ. So I'm challenging you, have a quiet time with God. Have a quiet time with God. If you haven't started a quiet time, start with five minutes in the morning. Have a quiet time with God. Read his word. Read his word. If you don't have a Bible, come and see us at Next Steps. We'll give you one. You can download version on your phone if you want to do that. You can download our FC app, which also has uh, different things that will help you and benefit you in your walk with Christ. Also, we have something that, that's very important as well. It's called Right Now Media. It's something that we do. Right Now Media is a great tool that you can use in your family, in your personal devotion, with your family, with your kids, in your small groups. All you got to do is pull it up right there. Pull up an account. This costs the church, but it costs you nothing. All you get is pull this up. You will find amazing plethora of different th things to be able to grow you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. It's that important. Also, attending church is huge to be able to grow. I'm going to give you a meal each week. Whoever's on this platform is going to give you a meal each week. Then you got six other days. You got to feed yourself. That's what we're trying to help you to do. Now, I've told you before, we can do the 6-1 and diet. Let's go today and eat Mexican, all of us, and then we won't eat Mexican until next Sunday. You don't eat anything in between. <laughs> and when us do that for a period of a few months, you'll most likely be dead for after that, but it's, it's a 6-1 diet, right? You're going to wither up and die physically just like you'll wither up and die spiritually. 
So you got to feed yourself. That's what we're trying to be able to help you to understand and what we want you to do to be able to grow. So we'll be able to do that. Also, think about your kids. Your kids get the nourishment they get over there. That is absolutely amazing what they get. Getting your students to the student ministry, look what they get. It's very, very important that you understand those aspects of growing. I don't know if you know this when it comes to church attendance. You know what the regular attendance is now in the U.S.? 1.5 times a month. Think about that. Think about that. We leverage technology, and we want to do that for those of you watching online that might not be able to get here or live too far away or you're sick or shut in, whatever it is. Glad to do that. We want to do that. Also, there's a lot of in-person perks of being in person. We want to leverage technology for Jesus Christ, but we want you to grow. And one other step that you can really grow is when you decide to get into a church family. Next Sunday after this service, we're going to be having on January 8th, we're going to be having our Next Steps membership luncheon. If you've never been a part of that, just pull up that QR code. Even if you don't do the QR codes, you can sign on the back of a card, say, we're going to come to the Next Steps membership luncheon. If you've got kids, we'll take good care of them. But we're going to give you the inside scoop and the vision inside and what's going on of where we're going and what we're doing as a church in more detail. And then you have an opportunity to be part of a life-changing church. We'd love for you to do that. Next value that we have beyond reaching and growing is serving. Now, we believe in serving others because that's what Jesus did. How did he do it? For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life. Did you hear that? Give his life as a ransom for many. See, Jesus died for us. That puts serving in a whole new light. You are made to make a contribution. God has given you gifts and abilities and talents. Think about this. Do you really know who's teaching your kids? Do you really know, for those of you that's dropped your babies off over here, do you really know the ones that's changing your, their diapers? Think about it, man. They change diapers over there for your kid. Man, you moms are something else, man. You'll raise that baby's butt up and smell real big and say, oh, they got one in there. I'm going to get to change it. You know, I'm thinking, wow, that's dedication. That's a servant of Jesus Christ right there. But you, do you really know those people? Do you know who made your coffee? Do you know who just the lights? Do you know who's clicking the words back here right now? Do you know the people that are clicking the words for the songs? And do you know the ones that are serving outreach in the community across our city? All this is done by volunteers. Most are anonymous, but it's all important. You're here today. And I will tell you this, because God knew you have something to give back. I don't want you to sit soaking sour, and most of all, God doesn't either. That's why it's important. If, you're, if you call this church family, just like our girls did their part in the family, find your part in the family. Take a card out of the back of the seat and sign up a place to serve. We'll customize what you have to give for the glory of God, and it will make a huge difference in our church family. God wants to use you more than you can ever imagine. Don't just be let that consumerism mindset just become a cancer in our lives. Say, you know what? I'm going to step out and I'm going to do something for the glory of God. You just fill this out, drop it back. We'll follow up with you. It'll be very important because I don't want you to be a misfit. You say, what do you mean? I don't want you to miss where you fit in the kingdom of Almighty God. It's that important. Most of all, I want you to become like Jesus because Jesus can use your help in the kingdom of God to be his hands and feet. Our fourth value is everyone giving. You think about that. We cannot outgive God. That's why we believe everything belongs to God. Malachi 3 and 10, God set this up in the Old Testament, bring all the tithes in the storehouse. Why did he say bring? 
because he didn't say give. He said bring because that's what belonged to him. And he said, what do you do with that? He said, bring it to the storehouse and there'll be enough food in my temple. Basically, kind of like my home. There was enough food in the fridge to be able to help my girls, their friends, when they came in. It's just like here. We want to make sure we got plenty of spiritual food in the fridge for people to be able to get. He said, if you do this, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. It's the only place in Scripture that God says, test me in this. So let me be very, very frank with you and honest. Don't expect to be blessed more from God until God sees us and what he's blessed us with, blessing him back of what he's already given to us. See, God set up this threshold of giving, and it's something that my wife has been honored to do and we get to do for all of our married life. And, and so Jesus, when it comes to him setting it, uh, him in the New Testament a couple of different times, he mentioned it in Matthew 23 and Luke 11, that we should do this. But the more so, he's challenged to do this. But a lot of people think, wow, you know, I just can't afford to. I can't afford not to because I want to be blessed more of God. People say, I want the blessings of God. Please pour it on me, God. What are you doing with what he's already poured on you? If you're not giving back to him, that makes a difference. So let me say this to you with this. I don't care whether you tithe here or not. Let me explain myself. I want you to give to God so bad, whatever it is, that you could even go and give somewhere else. Because here's what I know about God. He's going to take care of his church. He always has. I want you to be blessed. So if you don't want to do it here, go somewhere else and do it. But I want you to be blessed. And so here's what that kind of looks like. Did you know that 53% of Christians did not give anything to their church last month? That's amazing to me that I even come up with a stat like that. And they're subjective. But here, start somewhere, do something. If you're doing nothing, do something. If you're doing something, pray about going to the next level. If you're going to go from something to a tithe, if you go from tithe to spirit-led giving, above that. But whatever it is, we cannot outgive God. And also, I want to say thank you for your generosity. Now, we're doing the greatest gift offering here, and we're so glad to do it. Our goal is $60,000, yet we have not arrived. We're not near where we need to be. So pray about that, because these lives that we touch here locally and globally, it is amazing what we get to do in that. We will never outgive God. You pray about your value in that. It's very, very important. But when it comes to understanding this, some people don't know this, but we do a 90-day tithe challenge. What that means is... If you begin to tithe and say, I want to do the 90-day tithe challenge, and you do it for 90 days, and our finance team has record of that, at the end of 90 days, if you feel like you're worse off, and you go tell them, and there's proof you gave, you want your money back, we'll give your money back. Money back guarantee. Do you know we've been doing this for probably 15 years? I've never had anybody come and say that they wanted the money back because they got their socks blessed off. And I've got multiple stories. I don't have time to tell you of what God does. That's between you and him. I want you to understand that. The last value is everyone connecting. We believe that you can't do life alone, so what do we do? We learn to do life together. How many of you hate being alone? Some of you really don't, don't like it at all. Yes, it's kind of weird. Well, we don't want you to be alone when it comes to the family of God. It says in Acts 2, says that they worship together at the temple each day. It says they met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. This was fellowship that they were doing here. This is worship that we're doing here today. 
basically like this, you know, you really can't fellowship in rows looking at me, but you can fellowship in circles. And that's what makes a difference. And what's so cool about that is, is that you can do it in your homes. We have people meet in their groups at homes. We have them meet in church. People meet in coffee shops. They meet in different facets. And so if you are not in a group and you would like to get in a group, just go to our website. There's a bunch of groups on there that you can sign up there for a group. Come and see us at Next Steps after service. We'll help you find a group. But it's very important. You can get on a serve team. They have groups and serve teams. There's a lot of great things. But here's what's really awesome about it. A lot of you here, and I talk to people a lot, and they say they moved here. They don't have family here. What you can find through being a part and, and being vulnerable and getting with somebody, you can find those 2 a.m. friends I find, I, that I talk about. Somebody that if life happens, you can call them at 2 a.m. and they'll be there for you. Now, if you go to be part of a group and you get there and, you, and after you leave, you say, well, man, they were kind of weird. Well, you can go find another group because maybe when you left, they said they were kind of weird. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, the point of it is, is that, yes, people say, well, churches are full of cliques. They are. But it's people that click together. There are people that men, they have a men's group, they kind of click together and hang out. Women, they kind of click together and hang out. There's couples with, that, that don't have any children yet, and they hang out. And there's couples that have children already, and they're kind of hanging out. There's some empty nesters that kind of hang out. Whoop, whoop. And so we all just kind of click together for whatever season of life that we have. Jump in, be a part, and that's how you're really going to belong in that. So... As I kind of go downhill here, I want to read, I've read the, the great commandment, but here's the great commission. This is what Jesus said. It is so, so important. And Matthew 28, and when you think about what Jesus is saying here, how many of you are like me, you've been around somebody before they left this world, passing by death, and they told you something really important, and you listened to the words they said? Well, that was kind of what Jesus did. He was sharing the Great Commission before he was going to be leaving this world. And this is what he was telling them that is just so important. It's, Jesus told his disciples, he says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. In other words, the final authority for a Christian is Jesus' last words. And Jesus' last words is that which those words are most important. He goes on to say this. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. Now he says, I've given you. Who is you? You and me. That's who the you is. We who are on mission for those who Jesus gave his life for. Then he says, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So I asked you this, those of you that are Christ followers and you're Christians, you've been born again. Are you giving your all to the great commandment and the great commission? Are you giving everything you can to every value that our church has that's so important? Are you giving everything you can to the mission of reaching people to know God? Because when we first started praying and seeking God and fasting, I dreamed of a church that wasn't going to be focused on being religious, but focused on a relationship with Jesus Christ and focused on helping other people find that relationship with Jesus Christ. So God give us this vision to reach the lost, to be able to love God, to be able to love others, to be able to serve the world. And so what I want to challenge you to do, would you join me on this journey? 
make a difference now and for eternity. Our world needs the love and the truth of Jesus Christ. Living out the kingdom agenda entails this, that we have that personal relationship with God. And we're doing everything we can do to live as close as we can to Him each day. Then we're living and doing everything we can do to help other people find that relationship with God and be able to have that relationship with our family and to be able to be a people that's going to get our family involved in the local church, which is the hope of the world through Jesus Christ. And that starts with you and with me. Here's one thing I want you to know about the church. The church was never meant to be a monument, which many churches have become that, the buildings across this world. The church is to be a movement. Be a movement. Not just a place to come where Christians can come and wear their halos and try to look good and feel good about themselves and check the box that they came to church that week. No, together I want us to do what we can do because I believe time is drawing short that we reach people that do not know Jesus. It's that important. And I'm just so excited about it because you're here today. You're here today. And that's amazing. A lot of people stay up late and, and they come into the new year and I do the same thing I've done for the past several years. I snore the new year in. The old one's here, the new one's in. And that's how we do it. But I'm glad you're here today. I want to ask you to do me a favor. And we want to give God glory today. If you're one of those lives that God has changed through Freedom Church, would you do me a huge favor and give God glory? And we want to celebrate that. Would you just stand to your feet? If God has changed your life through Freedom Church, just stand to your feet right where you're at. If you would, we'd appreciate it very much. Let's give God praise, church. Praise His holy name. Praise His holy name. Let's pray for boldness. As the rest of you stand, let's pray for boldness. Let's pray for boldness as Peter and John did in Acts chapter 4 and the disciples. And, And let me tell you something about praying for boldness. You pray for boldness because boldness is blind. Did you know that? Boldness doesn't see inconveniences. Boldness doesn't see any type of obstacle. Boldness always sees opportunity. Opportunity. So let's be bold for the glory of God. And let's see what we can do to make a difference in the kingdom here below. Because when it boils down, there's one question I learned many years ago, a couple of decades ago. Ask yourself this question, will anybody be in heaven because of me? Will anybody be in heaven because of me? And if you'll keep that question in your heart, you'll be able to root out that cancer of consumerism that has entered the local church in America. Because you want somebody to get what Jesus died for you for, you want them to receive that too. Will anybody be in heaven because of me? Father, we love you, we praise you, we honor you. We thank you, God, for this amazing day. We thank you for the opportunity, God, to be able to be in your house today on this first day of 2023 since you left this world.
and went back to heaven and are interceding for each of us. We thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for your sacrifice. We thank you for watching over us, blessing us, being there for us despite of ourselves. Father, I don't want any of us to miss one thing, God, that you have planned for our very lives before we ever breathe our first breath. God, that we have those things you want to do in us to fill the purpose and, the, and to bring you glory. Some of you here this morning, there's no doubt that God wants to use some of you more than you're allowing God to use you right now, and you know it. I want to challenge you, let go and let God. The most dangerous prayer that you can pray right now is God use me as a Christian. God use me. Some of you are allowing God to use you, but you know that you really want to do more. I just want to tell you, just go for it. And just tell God, God, I'm here. I want to be used more than ever for your glory. I'll say some of you here, you're probably tired. And you want to ask God for renewal in your lives. You're burdened, and there's burdens that you're carrying that your shoulders aren't meant to carry. You'll just give them to God, because God's shoulders are big enough to carry whatever burdens that's keeping you from having rest. I'll tell you what we're going to do here. I want to ask you to come forward in just a second, and we're going to pray. I want you to pray for yourself. I want you to pray for our church. I want you to pray that we will have a spirit of boldness for this year like never before for God to do amazing things through our church, through this city as we reach out locally and globally. Would you come right on as we pray one for another?
God, may we ever become broken. Because people are hurting, God. People need you, God. May we not let rest on our own laurels, God. But may we be people of faith, God. That we become so broken, God, that people will want to know what's in our lives because the joy is exuding from our lives, God. May we become burdened, Heavenly Father, God, for people that need you. God, may we become burdened for those, God, that are searching but they're not finding the answer of your son, Jesus. God, root out that cancer, God, of consumerism in our churches today. We truly be the hands and feet, Lord, in your kingdom. May you start revival in our church, God. May we see people's lives changed for your glory and your honor, for what your son Jesus gave his you're here today and you've never given your life to him and that's why you're here today that's the reason if you feel him knocking on your heart it's because Jesus wants to be your best friend he wants to save your soul he wants to forgive you of all your wrongdoing all you need to do is cry out to him right where you're at and say Lord Jesus I invite you into my life I ask you to be the Lord of my life just tell him that forgive me of my sins I believe in you that you gave your life for me Tell him, say, Lord, save me. Save me, Lord. If you pray that and you mean that after your conviction of the Spirit and you feel that peace that comes in, you give him praise because that's the peace of Almighty God which human words and English cannot comprehend. It's the peace that passes all understanding. You praise him for that. He's going to give you the power of his Holy Spirit. Life is just beginning. Father, we praise you today. We thank you, God, today. God, may the vision you gave long ago for our particular church family come to fruition and bring you glory because it's all about you. May we be your hands and feet. Bless every family represented here because I truly believe the best is yet to come because you're on the throne and you're a good God. We love you and praise you. And everybody says amen. Let's give him praise today, church, all right? be to his holy name so uh, so thankful that you're here today was really what we truly call a family meeting and um, just so thankful for all of you that called this church your home and if you're considering it we're thankful that you're here too very very thankful we're going to go into a time of giving and you can do that electronically they'll show you different ways that you can do that through the kiosks out there our app you can do that um on our website also you can tangibly do it as you leave but thank you so much for your faithful giving to freedom church and we're just so thankful to each of you that that we get to do what we get to do so thank you so much and uh, maybe you're here for your first time today take a card out of the back of the seat and fill it out and uh, take it out as much information you want to put on it take it to the info desk and give it to them and they're going to give you a gift to commemorate this day thank you for coming and as they uh, as, as you do that, we want to say, give us a three-peat. That is, at least give us three Sundays to check it out because everybody needs a church family. Kind of hard to check it out on one Sunday. And uh, that's just so, so important. And so we'd appreciate that very, very much. Most of all, if you gave your life to Christ, take a card, fill it out, come and see me over to Next Steps. I'll be over there at Next Steps across from Coffee House. And uh, if you prayed that prayer, come and see me. I want to help you. You have began the greatest 
relationship you'll ever have through Jesus Christ. And I want to be able to be sure that you understand that and help you with that. All right. Uh, we're going to pray with the offering. And then I just got a couple things to tell you. Then I'll cut you loose. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We honor you. We thank you for this day. Thank you for the privilege to give back to you. It's all yours anyway. Use it, bless it, multiply it for your glory to be able to reach people to know you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen. All right, real quick, I want to share with you, next Sunday we're starting this new series called New Year Fresh Start. It's about making better decisions. No matter where you're at in life, better decisions and better choices makes a better life most of all from God's perspective. So take those invite cards you get, bring somebody with you. You're going to enjoy it. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be exciting. Also, we're starting a 21-day prayer and fast. Now, what that means is I want to ask the church family to consider doing something that's sacrifice that leads you to pray more. You know, for me, it's going to be sugar and different things that I'm going to get rid of, you know, because it's really got me. Some of you, it may be you're addicted to social media. Maybe you need to jump off of it for 21 days. And when you think about doing that, you pray. But I want to pray for our church that we be bold, that God uses us for his glory and his, and his, and his be able to reach people to know him. Last but not least, we, are, we have a trip planned to Israel that will be on October 6th through the 13th. And I think they're going to put a pickup of that. Uh, but if you're interested in going to Israel this year, October 6th through the 13th, fill out a card, drop it in the offering when you leave, and we will get in touch with you and let you know the particulars and the logistics of that. But other than that, I love every one of you. God bless you. I hope and pray that you'll come back next week, bring somebody with you, because I truly believe God has a wonderful year in store for us here. I want you to all to know.